Patriots face a must-win game against the Lions. Will it be Zappy or will it be Mac? Starting behind center for the Pats and the Red Sox. Disappointing season comes to a close. This is the press pass. I am Chris Ryan. So down at practice on Friday, Mac Jones took some snaps in the media portion of practice, but didn't really move much. Very stationary during time period where the media could watch the reports out there that Zappi will be the starter come Sunday. We'll see if Mac is in as a backup or if he is going to uh, not play for another week. But it looks like from what I saw at practice and what seems to be indicated that it will be Zappi because uh, Jones was still a little bit a little bit hobbling around out there as well. So it might be Zappi, might be Jones, but I'd bet on Zappi at this point in time to start for the Pats. This is a must-win game. Patriots, if they want to make the postseason, they have to win this game against the Detroit Lions. The Lions are also coming at 1-3. and three. They have a high-powered offense, really good run game. The Patriots' defense has let them down over the last couple of weeks as well. Patriots 27th in the NFL overall on the defensive side of things. As I mentioned, it may be Zappi, maybe Jones at quarterback. Reports out there that Zappi will start. Let's get what uh, Bill Belichick's uh, thoughts were on Zappi's first NFL appearance against the Green Bay Packers when he came in in, in relief for Brian Hoyer. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Chris. Just uh, initially, having watched Bailey Zappi on tape, what are your, your takeaways from what you saw on tape versus – the game and how difficult it was for him to step into that spot. Um, well, that's, I think we all know what a backup quarterback's um, potential job and role is. Um, you know, Bailey knows it. We know it. And everybody who plays that position knows it. So, um, you know, that's what happened. And he stepped in, he was well prepared and um, I thought generally handled himself. Well, certainly things he can improve on, um, you know, we'll work on, but thought he did a, you know, a solid job. And the defensive front on Rogers, what did you, did you like what you saw there? Were they able to create you know, enough pressure on him? And as you talked about post game, it seemed like he just made plays despite, you know, the solid effort on, on your part. Yeah, he's a great player. Um, I thought we defended some things pretty well. He was just at times too good, and um, there were other times that we could have you know, we could have done things better, could have coached better, could have played better. So, um, but in the end, he's he made some great throws down the field. Pages relied on the run a lot last week, and it's likely to be the case as well in this game against the Detroit Lions. I talked with Patriots running back Damian Harris. Damon, just watching the, the Lions on tape this week, what stands out to you about their defense, particularly the front seven? Um, you know, they got a very physical front seven. Um, you know, they play fast, they play hard. So uh, it's going to be a huge challenge for us this week. But, um, you know, you know it's going to be a tough challenge for us. We just got to be ready to go out there and, um, you know, put our best foot forward and go out there and play our style of football. Running game against the Packers, obviously, tremendous. What stood out to you about that game and, how do you feel about the way you're running, the way the blocking is coming together and kind of the offensive unit on that side of the football? Um, you know, we work hard uh, day in and day out to try and try. Uh, we work hard day in and day out to try to improve the run game, uh, the pass game, you know, everything that we can do to make ourselves a better offense. So, um, you know, we've been working hard this week. Um, like I said, we know we got a tough opponent coming up. So 
Um, we're gonna have to be at our best, you know, whether it's in the run game, the pass game, um, offense, defense, special teams. You know, we all have a job to do, so you know, we all got to go out there and do it. And um, you know, if we if we all go out there and do that, we think we'll have a chance. With the quarterback situation being what it is, is there a feeling, you know, going into the last game and this one perhaps as well that? You guys are going to have to carry a little bit more weight than usual, and I'm sure that if that is the feeling, that's something you, you welcome. You know, on Sundays, everybody's got a job to do, and you just got to go out there and do it. So, you know, we need everybody to show up on Sunday, all sides of the ball. And like I said, you know, if everybody shows up and we all go out there and do our jobs individually and collectively, you know, we know we'll have a chance to, uh, we'll have a chance to come out with a win. What stands out to you about you know, your mindset and also Mondre's mindset and how you go about getting extra yards? That's something you guys are also DeAndre Swift really good on the other side of the ball in getting that yards those yards after contact. What's similar about you guys in terms of how you approach um, the game with the physicality? You know, again, we just have a job to do, and so you know, every time we get the ball, you know, we want to do our jobs and. Um, you know, running hard is part of it. So, you know, whatever we can do, um, you know, whatever I can do, whatever every individual in this locker room can do um, to be the best individual they can be, that way we can all be good units and um, go out there and put our best foot forward. You know, that's kind of what we need from everybody. Finally, like, you have one of the best attitudes when it comes to, like, enjoying life, enjoying the game. Where does that Where does that come from? And are there times where you feel like, you know, whether you're feeling a little injured, you're feeling a little bit like the team's down, or you feel like you have to kind of bring it even more in terms of the positivity to a room? Um, I just love what I do. You know, I feel very fortunate and very blessed to play this great game. And, you know, it's done so much for me, my family. You know, it's introduced me to some some incredible people. So, you know, this game has done a lot for me. And, you know, I just don't want to take a day for granted. So every day I come to work, you know, I want to really reflect on how fortunate I am to be able to do what I love. You know, I wake up every day and come to work and do what I love. So, um, you know, that's really it. You know, I just love the game. I love the guys that I get to do it with. You know, I love this organization. So, um, you know, every time I come to work, I just want to come in with a positive attitude. We appreciate you. Some good news on the injury front before we get to some bad news. First, the good news. And Jacoby Myers seems like he's going to play. He's missed the last couple of weeks, and I talked with him. Just how anxious are you to get back out there on the field, given the last couple of weeks, given, you know, obviously the team's been needing a guy like you out there? Mm-hmm. I'm excited. You know what I mean? I just, I really enjoy playing the game, you know. You practice hard, you run hard to go out there and be able to showcase your talents on Sunday, so. I'm really excited just to be out there doing it. It seems like you're one of those guys that's kind of like a sponge in terms of information, yeah. and you just continually get better on a year-in-year-out basis. Be, yeah, so how, so how, take me through that, that process and what's that like? Is that mostly in the off-season? Mm-hmm. Is it going on in the season? Is it kind of a day-in, day-out type of thing where you're taking in information, you're getting better, running routes, and also kind of evolving as a receiver from slot receiver to a guy that go deep and run different routes? Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely say it's a day-by-day thing, but it's also a kind of – understanding yourself thing I feel like a lot of people got to be honest with themselves what they're good at what they aren't good at so I feel like I'm real honest with myself you know what I mean I know what I struggle at and I work real hard in the offseason to make sure I can fix it yeah right. that's what I was going to ask you so knowing what you're good at and knowing what you're, you're not good at mm-hmm. like do, do, do the things that you're not good at kind of eat at you a little bit where you're I want to get better at this as opposed to saying I'm going to stick with my strengths mm-hmm. and these are my weaknesses do you like to attack the weaknesses mm-hmm. I mean you definitely work on all of it but I do like to attack my weaknesses personally because I don't want to be on the field see somebody else do something I'd be like dang I can't do that you know what I mean so that's just the competitor in me anything in life you know what I mean if I see somebody doing anything in life like man you know what I want to learn how to do that too you know so that's just kind of how I am does it feel like this is kind of a must win for you guys this week at one and three given you know where you guys are at in the standings do you feel like this is one that you guys have to get 
I mean, that's every week, honestly. Yeah. It ain't even just the because we're one and three thing. It's just you don't want to go into a game thinking, yeah, we could win this one or we couldn't, you know what I mean? So every week is kind of a must win. It's the NFL, you know, so we're going to go out there and play our hardest. Appreciate it. On the bad news side of things, Lawrence Guy is a huge part of the Patriots' run defense. He will not play. He is out. He did not participate in practice on Friday. I talked with Dietrich Wise about the challenge of stopping the Lions' run game. Very physical team, the Lions, particularly up front in the offensive line. And uh, the challenge of stopping DeAndre Swift, who's second in the league in yards after contact. Look at the Lions and your run, with your run defense. What do you see being the challenges with that that group? And do you see this being a big challenge for uh, for your team? Um, <clears throat> I would say every week is a challenge. Uh, they have a really good run game, and our goal this week is to stop them, uh, stop them doing downhill runs and outside runs. And this is a group that really prides itself on being physical, both your team and theirs. Is it going to come down to that, like which team wins that physical battle, which team is able to have you know success coming off blocks? Yes, it's going to be a very physical game. Uh, they have big, strong offensive linemen, but I believe our guys are bigger, stronger, and faster as well. And we, we're going to uh, prove that this weekend. DeAndre Swift has amongst the best uh, yards after contact in, in the league. Why is that, and how do you tackle a guy that's that good after initial contact? Uh, so pretty much proper, proper tackling techniques, wrap and roll, and then game tackle. Stay on the defensive side of the ball and get the sense of Adrian Phillips as to where things sit with the Patriots at 1-3 and three, uh, with their defense. Hey, P, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, four games into the season, obviously you've played some high-quality opponents so far, but at you know, one and three. What's your assessment of where things are at, you know, for the group going into this week against the Lions? Yeah, I mean, uh, if we look back on those games, we've been in each one of the games that we lost. Uh, you know, even though we're losing, we're trending upwards, but we're not in this for moral victories. We got to make sure that we do everything right, every little detail the right way to to get the win, because it's so hard to, to get those wins in. You know, losses like that early in the season or the close losses like that might affect you down the road. So every chance you get to go out there and and stack up that W column, we got to take advantage of that. Um, as far as Detroit, you know, that's another tough opponent. They, they had a great game, a, a shootout uh, with Seattle. And you got guys all over the field. I think, what, Hawkinson went for like 180 off six catches, which is, like, crazy. So, you know, it's another high-powered offense, and you got a attacking defense, and you got a great special team. I mean, they're kind of built like us. So when you see that, you know it's, you know it's going to be another dogfight. So we just got to make sure that we're locked in on every single detail. And when those situations come in the game, whether it may be short yardage, two-minute, overtime, like, we have to be at our best at those situations to, to get the win. When you look at, you know, where you'd like to improve as a defense, I'm sure there's a number of different areas, but do you feel like, is it, is it not creating enough turnovers? Is it uh, too many big plays? Um, you mentioned some of the yardage uh, down, down the yard situations. Like what do you, is there an area where you feel like you, you guys need to get a little better than maybe some of the others? I think everything starts with stopping the run. So we obviously want to do better stopping the run because when we can make the offense one-dimensional, it's, it's a lot easier for us, and that's when we really get to spin the dial and just 
seeing whatever we got at them. So we got to be able to stop the run on early downs to get them in the third and long situations. And and we can always do better at getting the ball. Like we got two turn two turnovers this game, but there were probably two or three other opportunities that we left out there. So we're always looking to to get better in every aspect of our game. But one thing that we make sure that we need to get better on right now is is stopping the run because our defense is built on stopping the run. Thanks, AP. Mm-hmm. Patriots seem like they've found their kickoff and punt returner. Marcus Jones had a number of good returns, not just on the punt return side, but also on the kick return side as well. Talked with Jones about that. Hey, how are you? How you doing, Chris? Good. Um, just kind of describe your mindset going into you know, yesterday and so trying to make the most of the opportunity. Obviously, you have a gift as a returner, but to to do it the way you did in that venue, do you feel like you opened some eyes? Um, the main thing is basically doing my job, you know, and everything like that, not trying to do too much. And also, you know, I have guys that's definitely great teammates. So they're the guys that definitely blocking and everything like that. Without them, I wouldn't be able to do nothing at all. But um, that's the main thing, you know, trusting in my teammates and them trusting in me too. How would you describe you know, kind of the emotion, the feeling of being a, a punt returner where there's obviously so much going on there? What does it what kind of a rush is that where you have well, you know, guys coming at you, blocking, you're trying to gain yards? How would you describe it and, and what do you enjoy about that kind of unique position? Um, it's definitely not for everyone. <laughs> it's definitely a rush. So it's it's a rush that I like to have though, you know. Um it's definitely one of those situations to where a lot of things fly around and everything like that. But as long as you got your head in the right place and just make sure you got your technique right and watching your keys and everything, everything should go good. And finally, you're looking obviously to break one in any of those circumstances. But to you, what's you know what's a good situation to come out of it with? Did it control the ball? Is it you want to gain ten yards? Like what do you want after each um, each time that you you, you perform a return? Um, the first thing about security, making sure that I catch the ball. And then most of the time, the next thing is try to at least get 10 yards and first down for the offense. Sweet. Thank you. No problem. More of the Patriots in a sack, but let's recap the Red Sox season. And uh, it seemed like Wednesday was a sad day at Fenway Park with Eck retiring, uh, with there being some uncertainty about the team's future, obviously. And 2018 heroes like J.D. Martinez and Nathan Navaldi, whether they're going to come back, whether the Red Sox will be able to sign long-term deals with Xander Bogarts and Rafi Devers. And we'll start there. I feel that the Red Sox are in a place right now where they have to re-sign Bogarts. And they have to work that out. You know, They have a reputation now amongst their fans as being cheap and letting players go. And there is, in my view, a lot of momentum behind the team re-signing you know, Xander Bogarts. Of course, first he has to opt out of his contract and then sign a deal with um, a higher rate of pay, obviously, over the next number of years. But I think that's going to happen. I think that they're going to build their franchise around Bogarts endeavors from a PR standpoint. They cannot afford not to do that. So I think that happens. Nathan Avaldi, we'll see. You know, did his production match the contract? Not really, um, but he's a guy that is obviously proven postseason performer, great clubhouse guy, and a guy that, when healthy, pitches at the top of the rotation. Did lose a little off his fastball towards the end of the season. We'll hear from Nate in just a little bit. J.D. Martinez, I think, is going to be gone. I think that he's going to get a really good offer somewhere else, 
And I think the Red Sox are going to want to use that DH spot a little bit differently with more flexibility uh, you know, to give guys days off and not have necessarily a set DH moving forward. And it was also interesting that you know, Alex Cora mentioned he wanted the team to get faster. He wanted the team to have uh, more speed next year on the base path, and certainly J.D. is not, uh, is not his, his wheelhouse, so to speak. So J.D. Martinez, five years with the Red Sox, and a guy who, unlike many of the other free agent signings that did not pan out, this guy got it done on a consistent basis. Yes, this year was not the best, but he still had, you know, when you look at extra base hits, he was really good. He had a number of doubles close to the top of the league lead there, um, but he did not produce the way he had produced in years past. But overall, J.D. Martinez gave the Red Sox everything they could have wanted out of him and was a huge part of that 2018 championship team. Five years, you know, you blink an eye, five years comes and goes. Um, a lot of great memories here. Um, you know, Boston didn't disappoint. You know, I always, you know, like I said, you know, earlier in, this, in the meeting we had, it was like, you know, five years ago when I came here, I knew that this was an amazing organization and, you know, what they, you know, surpassed my, my expectations. Um, it's been first class since I've been here. You know, the fans are unbelievable. Um, the media, for as much as they give you guys, you know, a hard time here, you guys aren't that bad, so... <laughs> Um, it's been uh, it's been fun, you know. It's great memories. Um, a lot of these guys, I say, have never been on a team that's hasn't had has had so much talent, but no egos. And it's honestly, it's been a, it's been a blessing. You've obviously gone into the option the last couple of years, but is this different? Do you feel more of a degree of finality as you're kind of talking about before with kind of taking everything in today? Yeah, um, you know, it's a business. I get it. I'm the first one to understand it. You know, that's why I take the criticism well, and, you know, I understand it. Um, so whatever happens in the future happens in the future. Uh, I know I was making my decisions, you know, based off of what I thought was the best when I had my opt-outs. Um, so, you know, we'll see, where, we'll see where life takes me. A lot of players have come in here with hype that have not been able to match that hype. What about your relationship with Boston or this environment allowed for you to excel? Honestly, um, I think my passion, you know, my passion meets Boston. Um, you know, I was a guy that was written off early on in my career, you know, in the, in the MLB draft, you know, with the Astros. And, you know, I've always said, like, whatever team gives me the chance and believes in me, I know I'm going to give it my all. I'm going to give every ounce of energy that I have. And, you know, I feel like that's what I do every day. Um, that's why I feel like I've always, you know, when, when I suck, I boo myself. It's not just you guys booing me or the fans, you know. It's I'm, Trust me, I'm a lot harder on me than anyone is. Let's hear from Nathan Avaldi, another one of the huge parts of the 2018 championship team. Nate, how would you describe, you know, the emotions of today with so much uncertainty about the future? You get guys always saying goodbye to each other. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really focused too much on the future right now. It's just more on the fact that the you know the season's over, and uh, you know one we didn't get our the, we didn't accomplish what we set out to do in spring training, and then two just you know it it's always uh, it always sucks being when the season ends, especially not being on top, uh, having to say goodbye, you know, finishing last place in our division, but just having to say goodbye to all the guys, and you know again the uncertainty, but again just kind of like focusing on just being around each other. I mean we're with each other 24/7 from spring training till the end of the season, so. Um, you know, it's just tough saying goodbye. Yeah, it's obviously the toughest part because you guys create relationships that obviously last a lifetime. You have yeah. obviously a relationship with guys 
dating back to 2018 championship team. And obviously, you know, the finality of a season is, is difficult on, on guys. Is it kind of a celebratory thing? How would you kind of describe what the emotion is like? You're celebrating the time you've had together, but yeah. it's kind of ending. It's kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely celebrating the time that we've spent together. And, um, you know, with the struggles that we had during the season, we we never really had any turmoil or anything in the clubhouse. You know, we always believed that we would be able to overcome it, and I think that's a testament to the veteran guys that we have in the clubhouse and then the rookies that are coming up as well, you know what I mean? I I feel like clubhouses feed off of the veterans, and as long as they don't panic, you know, we can right that that ship. And, uh, you know, this year we just unfortunately weren't able to do it. I think the injuries are what got us, and, um, you know, we just didn't have enough guys out there to be able to pick up the slack when other guys were down. Obviously, the injuries and the rotation led to opportunities for some of the younger players. We saw Brian Balow really come on towards the end of the season. What did you like about the the younger generation of Red Sox starters, many of which you've mentored this year? No, yeah, um, you know that's always the the positive of a downfall in the season is the rookies get a lot more experience than maybe they normally would have if. Uh, the entire team was healthy, the rest of the staff and things like that. You know, Bayo's been unbelievable. Winkowski stepped up big for us and had to go to a lot of uh, games. Um, you know, Connor Siebold, who else am I missing? I mean, Cutter came up, you know what I mean? I mean, Cutter made broke with the team, but he was able to come up and, you know, make some big starts along the way. And, I mean, anytime you can gain that experience, it, it, it goes a long way, especially towards next year and for those guys to be able to come out and, um, you know, again, just having the right veteran guys around. It's not just me that talks to them and helps them out. It's a lot of our guys, and, you know, it's not just the pitchers. It's hitters as well, you know, trying to help those guys out. And as long as they're asking questions, it makes it a lot easier to help those guys along the way. But, um, you know, I mean, I think Bayo stands out a little bit more just with how well he was able to adapt and, um, you know, the struggles he had at the beginning of this or when he first came up to how strong he finished towards the end. It's, you know, uh, you know the sky's the limit to his potential that he has up here you've made it very clear that you desire to return you love it here etc do you do you feel any one way or the other about how things are going to you know progress in the offseason um no I mean I, I again I, I I try to take it day by day and not, I don't even really try to worry about tomorrow just focus on what's at hand right now and uh you know that's why I have my agency and I trust them in the process you know that they'll get the best deal for me but you know obviously I have a say at the end of the day of where I want to be and things like that so um, you know, we'll see how it unfolds in the future. Final thing on Xander, uh, what are the dynamics about how he leads this team kind of behind the scenes where Alex has obviously an external, you know, joy to each day and, he, and a le- levity as well. What's the significance of Bogarts in this clubhouse and how does he affect the, the positive outcomes? Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of the times you look at the guy who's been with the team the longest and that's definitely a bogey, but then you also look at the player that he is and, you know, being able to be out there on the field every day, every game, staying out there in the entire time, having the quality at bats. He's in the middle part of the, you know, at the front part of the lineup where he's driving in all the runs and he's going out there and having productive at bats. It's, he does all the little things right and he goes out there and, you know, he sets, sets examples for, you know, all the young kids watching the game. It's like you want to be like Bogey and you want to, um, you know, go out there and perform the way he does. And, you know, I mean, he's everything that the Red Sox want to be and I think that's why guys, hold, um, you know, look up to him as much as they do and, you know, he's not afraid to say the tough things in the clubhouse and, you know, make sure everybody's still positive and going and, you know, pitchers, again, he has that connection with the pitchers as well and I think that, that goes a long way for a lot of the guys because you can't be divided in a clubhouse, you know, pitchers and hitters and um, he does a really good job of making sure that doesn't happen. Awesome. Good to see you. Thanks. Red Sox offseason is certainly going to be fascinating to watch Patriots and Lions on Sunday. 
As Jacoby Myers mentioned earlier, yeah, they're all must-win games, but this one for the Patriots here at one and three, you have to win this game. You have to win this game, and if they do not, um, you know, the season for all intents and purposes is not over. But it's kind of like the Red Sox were for a lot of this 2022 season, where yeah, you're not mathematically eliminated, but uh, there's not any juice, there's not any energy, there's a feeling that uh, the season is going to end in a negative place. That's the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan.